welcome back to the Huh Podcast. It is episode 41. We are excited to continue the series Church on Phonics today. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, redeemed, redemption, redeem, however verbiage you would use that in a sentence. We're going to be looking at that uh, biblical truth, uh, talking about what it means, and looking at a story in scripture um, that really embodies this truth, and maybe some personal examples in our lives of redemption. So we're excited to jump in. We've got Garrett and myself here in person, and then um, we've got Robot Christian on Zoom today, so we're excited. To Hello, be- this is Christian. <laughs> so uh, redeemed would be the heiress tense verb. What did you just call me? And redemption would be the would be the adjective, right? I don't know, man. That's a great question. Um, which one's the verb? Redeemed would be okay. the heiress tense verb. Heiress, what's that mean? Heiress is just having a completed action. So imperfect How do you spell that? Like, because I don't understand it's what. Ongoing in the past. Aorist tense means it's completed in the past. Present tense means it's ongoing in the. Past. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't learn that in my English class. Yeah, I still like have no well, clue. I, what... Ironically, I I never learned that in English either. I'm learning that, and I learned that in my other languages, taking Hebrew and in Greek. I learned more about English. <laughs> so. Redeemed. Yeah. I'm um, <laughs> looking forward to getting in that discussion in the heiress tense. I don't still don't know what that means. I probably, I mean, whatever, but. Hey, do you guys have a uh, credit cards? Uh, I, I have 14. No, I'm just kidding. Four- that, I, have I, Amazon, I have one. We have an Amazon credit card. We get points back yeah. for us. And that's how we buy Christmas presents for people. Yeah. Hey, same. All right. So like. For listening. That's how Dave we- Ramsey be mad at me, but um, I only use my credit card. Yeah. I never use my debit card. I never use cash. I only use my credit card. And the reason, like, Garrett, you said you have an Amazon one, like, Discover gives you so many points, like, where you can get cash back. Um, and I've been saving up for a vacation with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so me and Gabrielle, we both only use our Discover card. And uh, you know what? I can't wait till the day where I get to redeem those <laughs> points back. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. We did say we did say we'd have some personal stories too. Uh, transition. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, for listeners at home, boy, that just happened. Um, there's, you know, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta think to yourself, yeah, that that happened you know? oh, where you're going with that i, I kind of thought where's, where's yeah i kind of thought he was about to say like oh, i redeemed like five thousand dollars or something and then i just didn't realize he was transitioning in so, so <laughs> I you, know, that you, got me, you got us on that so that must have been a pretty good <clears throat> transition um yeah i mean boy that happened so uh <laughs> redeeming um uh, let's talk through what it means like what's what's the definite definitive or definition definitional is that a word definitional meaning defining mm. anyway the definition of redeeming what what is it because i don't know it's like the heiress tense or whatever <laughs> <laughs> what's the future tense uh it's just called future tense oh. so it, why don't we call it past there's, tense? there's two different there's technically three different types of past tense there's mm. tense which is describing Hey, they, they don't. The listeners don't care about the tenses. <laughs> I'm starting to feel the tenses of Aries and Hermes. Um, hey, hey, what tells what redeem means? Yeah, let's go to redeem. Okay, so there's two definitions for for redemption. The first one is the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. That's just you know the religious. 
terminology for redemption. The second one kind of enhances the first one. It's the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. So you're redeeming um, something that you lost. You, you, you lost it, you redeem it, so you can gain it back. So it's the, it's the process of taking back something that was already yours that you lost in the first place or gaining something that was never yours and paying the price in order to have possession of it. So like if, if you go to a store and you want to buy, um, I, don't, I don't know, a, a baseball bat, you take it up to the cashier and you redeem the baseball bat by, baseball bat by paying the price listed on it in order to acquire it. That's called that's the act of, of redeeming something. But you can also redeem something that was already yours that you lost. Um, you lost a bet, you lost something, and then you just pay and get that something back. That's still that's also the process of redemption. Mm. Um, so those are the two definitions of redemption. The question is, how does the second definition of redeeming, pay, giving something in exchange or what you want in order to pay the debt off so that you can gain that thing. How does that apply to the um, religious terminology for redemption? And, and I guess the real question is what tense should I answer this question? <laughs> in the Aries tense or? <laughs> it's Aries, not Aries. Uh -huh. Well, Hermes would disagree. Um, <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, um, we'll come back to that later. I'll make a joke about it later. Don't worry. Um, yeah, that is a good question. Um, and I think, you know, when you, you're looking at those two definitions, like you said, they, they do kind of go hand in hand. And that second one really enhances the meaning of that first one. Um, when you're describing Christ and, and the price he paid uh, to get us back. Um, and we see a story about that uh, in, in scripture that, that kind of embodies that in Hosea uh, with Hosea. And Gomer, um, I just really feel like Gomer's parents really just set her up for failure uh, with the name Gomer, you know. Um, and I just, what's uh, the guy on uh, Leave It to Beaver? What's his name? Isn't it Gomer or something like that? Um, Andy Griffith, ain't it? Gomer yeah, 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 Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> I <never laughs> thought about that, though, and forever, hey, I didn't know where it came from. There'll be people in Russell Springs mad at you for not knowing that. Yeah, that's all right. They can be mad. They can be, they'll be mad at me for something else. Andy Griffith, they'll probably be mad at me for the air sense jokes. Um, hey, let me tell you this. Brother Ryan gave Is it Gomer? Uh, from Gomer Powell. Gomer Powell, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Brother Ryan gave a message the other day, and he gave an Andy Griffith um, example. Yeah. And boy, he got more amens on that Andy Griffith example yeah. than he did in any scripture. Right. <laughs> they love Andy Griffith. It's almost canonical i think <laughs> andy griffith yeah it's a classic man uh it's a good show but anyway yeah gomer um gomer Pyle and, and gomer from hosea are two different people um but anyway uh, the name gomer to me just really sticks out like a sore thumb you know but the word the hebrew word for gomer means complete um which is interesting within the story of god's redemption that that hosea and gomer are supposed to be a, their lives are essentially a prophecy. You know, most prophecies you get in, in scripture in the Old Testament or are what are called oracles or like messages, words of prophecy or words of proclamation 
of saying you're doing something wrong. This is what's going to happen. Hosea and Gomer's life, the way they live, their marriage, their children, that, that their entire situation was a prophecy. And the situation is supposed to show us what redemption looks like. And Gomer's name means complete. So their life is supposed to show us the completion that is redemption um, and, and God. But yeah, so I just, you were talking about her name. Um, actually, another ironic part of that is that Gomer is a Hebrew boy's name. It's not really necessarily typically a woman's yeah, that's, name. That's where Gomer Powell's parents named him from from hebrew yeah, that's yeah, that was there that's probably right right yeah hey, you have to watch which of course you know mike me and micah are having kids soon and we, wait we gotta, what oh oh sorry I, you, you weren't supposed to know um <laughs> you're watching what <laughs> but my mom was talking to me the other day and we we're talking about names and she said hey you, you need to name your kid uh something good because people live up to their names so for example gomer that's a that's quite a name to live up to. Hey, that's big shoes to fill. Um, uh, before we go into the story of Gomer and Hosea, I, I, in Titus 2.14, it tells us um, kind of the point of redemption and, and why we're redeemed. And I think this will guide us as we go through Hosea as well. But uh, in Titus, it says this. It says it's talking about Jesus Christ. Uh, and it says Jesus who gave himself for us. And then it says to redeem us uh, and then after that it says what jesus redeemed us from uh, and it says that jesus redeemed us from all lawlessness uh, so just kind of thinking of lawlessness as all sin so so we're redeemed from uh from sin and that's very important to know uh, as we talked about last week how how atonement is you know the covering of our sins um but it's important to know that when we are redeemed we are redeemed or we are um bought back from our sin that has caused us, uh, of course, the wages of sin is death, which has caused us uh, into this eternal death. So it's important for us to know uh, before we go into the story and before we talk about it, that what are we being redeemed from? And that is lawlessness uh, and the sin that we have committed as messed up humans. Yeah, I, you just gave me a, an idea for a sermon series and I was trying to find something to write it down. Oh, so you, better, hey, you better take the time, write that down. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, we, we don't pay much. There's so much sequence involved within um, within the salvation process. You know, um, we had to, we were created to be in God's presence. We desired something else and fell away from God's presence. That desire that we had continued to abound and it pulled us farther and farther from God's presence. Then we, you know, the, the process of salvation occurs in the sense that we had to be bought back. We had to be redeemed. We had that redemption had to be in the form of a perfect atonement, something that could completely cover our separation. It had to be an, an appeasing atonement, something like we talked about last week that had to be the proper propitiation, something that could fully appease God. And it, and it had to be in a fullness that could cover the, the eternal nature and infinite nature of our sin and the consequence of that so that we could then come back into the presence of God. There's, there's so much in, involved, and I don't think we really pay a lot of attention in it. We, we A lot of times we just you know spew off John 3.16, God loved the world, so he sent his son. That's not. And you know it, it, that's the simplistic term. That's the simplistic 
um, holistic definition of the gospel, but there's so much more to it. There's so much going on behind the scenes. There's so much that leads up and comes out of the salvation process. And by looking at that more deeply, we come to realize just how profoundly God loves us and how far he was willing to go to bring us back to him. And, and that's the important part. And the, the story of Hosea and Gomer illustrates so well the, the significance of redemption, not, not of, you know, not just of love, not just of atonement, not, not the things that were needed in order for redemption to occur, but what Jesus did and buying us back. And so if you don't know the, his, the story of Hosea and Gomer, it's basically this. Hosea is a prophet. He's a man of God. And God, in um, the beginning of Hosea, it, he says, it says, when the Lord first spoke to Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a woman of promiscuity. Go and marry a prostitute. Go marry someone who spends her nights with other men. Oh, shit. Have children of promiscuity, for the land is committing blatant acts of promiscuity by abandoning the Lord. So he's saying, Go marry a prostitute. She's still a prostitute. She's still probably going to be cheating on you. Your children are going to be known as potentially not being your children. And you're doing this because my children are doing to me what your wife is doing to you. He's saying, go do this, even though you know this is what she's capable of doing. And, and the, the power behind this message is that God is saying, listen, I brought you into this world. I brought you into the garden. And I knew from the very beginning what you were capable of doing. I knew from the very beginning that you were capable of potentially going to leave me, which we did. And he says to Hosea, go do this. This is prophetic action. They have three kids, which all have prophetic names. And you can spend a lot of time looking at that. But the important part of it is that it, coming in into chapter three, or at the end of chapter two, we see that his wife, Gomer, did in fact leave him. She left him, went back into her life of promiscuity. And then in chapter three, it says, the Lord said to me, this is Hosea speaking, the Lord said to me, go again and show love to a woman who is loved by another man and who is an adulteress, just as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. And so God is saying, listen, I told you to marry this woman, to be with this woman, even though you knew who she was. And in the same way, I called you to be my people to that I would love you and that you were to love me, even though I knew that you were sinful, even though I knew you would be tempted, even though I knew you would fall away. And now, Jose, I want you to go back to her. She's Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, how hard would that be? Think about what other people would have said of Jose. This is a man of God. And yet he's going back to his wife who has been cheating on him. And that's not even the crazy part of it. The crazy part of it, this is his wife. He would have had to put up money in order to buy his wife essentially because he would have had to pay um i can't think of the terminology for it but it, he would have had to pay for the wedding he would have had to pay this sum to her father in order to basically have her in dowry? marriage Bride yeah, dowry, dowry. Dowry. yeah he would have had to pay dowry. the dowry and, mm -hmm. and so boom point one for micah yeah we'll give you two time he would have had to you know metaphorically buy his wife and now he's saying go to this man who has control of your wife, who has hired her as a prostitute, and take her back. And so it says in verse 2 of chapter 3, So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver, 
and five bushels of barley. I said to her, you were to live with me many days. You must not be promiscuous or belong to any other man, and I will act the same way toward you. He forgave her. He's saying, I'm going to love you. I know you did this. I know you left me. Don't leave me again. I will continue loving you. But the important part is he bought her back. It, he was, she was his wife. He had paid the dowry for her. He had had kids with her. He had had a life with her. And God says, go get her back. And so he couldn't just walk up to this man and say, hey, this is my wife. Give her back. The man said, no, no, I, I paid for her. This is my prostitute now. This is my woman. You're going to, if you want her, you're going to have to pay me for her. And so imagine that from Hosea, but, but man, dude, dude I, I already paid for her. I paid for her. Hosea just didn't my wife. Do what? Yet, I don't know how Hosea didn't just beat the guy up. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Probably, he's probably, probably weak. Probably couldn't take him. But he went, <laughs> he went through it. He said, okay, you know, I'll pay for her. I'll buy back that which is already mine. Hmm. And Hosea and Gomer's life here is just the pinnacle of the example of what redemption is in the terms of us and God. And it's just a beautiful picture. Hmm. Christian. You ever been to a pawn shop? Well, I actually have. Yeah. Oh. What, what, what brings it up? Well, you know, just thinking about uh, pawn shops and, you know, how you can, uh, right, when you pawn something. So I've, have you all ever seen Pawn Stars? Um, Where did you get pawn shops out of that whole story? Huh? Well, we'll get there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we won't. Maybe this will, maybe... Uh, in the future, we'll talk about the heiress tense of this uh, event happening, and and uh, we just won't know what happened. But um, y'all ever seen Pawn Stars? Oh yeah, the, the show where they give them yeah so little money for yeah. Incredible oh, this is five thousand years old. I'll give you seven dollars. Um, deal or no deal? Uh, that's a different show. Um, so they always say I've always wondered. Um, they always when they figure out the information about it, they get their buddy. Hey, uh, do you care if I call my friend? Uh, he knows a lot about, you know, Disneyland products. And they call him, they come in, they verify it's real. And he's like, all right, so what are you looking to do with it? And so almost every time they say sell it, but there's always the other option of pawning it. So Christian, have you ever pawned anything? Um, no, I've actually never pawned anything. I've only bought one thing from a pawn shop before. That's my the Cards? Nope, golf clubs. Oh, golf clubs. Ten dollar <laughs> uh, golf clubs. Yeah. What was uh, that experience of the pawn shop? So my experience was uh, one pawn shops are most of them are pretty sketchy. Uh, I've been in a few and I kind of get creeped out going in there. But this one was a nice experience. It was in Columbia and I'd actually bought these golf clubs online. But then he's like, "Oh, I gave them to the pawn shop." So I had to, what I thought I bought online, I had to go buy back at this pawn shop. So I went to the dude and he had the golf clubs for $60. And I said, man, I'm being honest with you. This guy online told me he'd sell them to me for 10. And I said, I'll show you the messages. And he's like, well, let me call him. And uh, he called him. So I ended up getting the golf clubs for $10, like he promised. Uh, so I was able to buy them. But yeah, that was my experience. Yeah. Um, I've never pawned anything personally, but I know like the other option, because I've always wondered like, well, what's the other option? Why don't they ever do it? Uh, it's not exactly the same, but you can offer basically something as collateral for like a loan from the pawn shop. Yep. And then whenever you want or whatever, you go to pay off that loan. That's when you receive that product back. Of course, it's simply just collateral for them. Uh, I'm sure there's an interest on that or something, but, uh, right. but, huh? 
It's usually a high. Well, I'm sure, but that's kind of how I think of it because it's the item is still yours, but it's just in the hold of someone else, you know, in a sense. So that's kind of how I think of it. Um, that the (laughs) idea of redemption is, you know, buying back, like Garrett said, what's already yours. Uh, Of course, it's not a great comparison. That's kind of thing because no, I think think it's a good comparison. The interest involved, and so it's a little different, but you know, no, I think it's great because think about like. All right, let's say I'm struggling with money. And, and this is what and some people have uh, negative suspicions with pawn shops and some of them might be doing sketchy stuff. That's up to them. Yeah. Uh, that's between them and God. But um, so what happens is like, let's say I need money and I have a dirt bike. Uh, yeah. and I'm struggling on bills. I can go pawn my dirt. Let's say I pawn my dirt bike for $1,000. Uh, it's kind of what he gives me. So he gives me $1,000 cash. Uh, but let's say there's uh, a percentage of interest on it. Uh, so I can get that dirt bike back and I don't know if they give an amount of days, but let's say I can get that. I'll have the money in a month. I can go buy back my dirt bike. Yeah. If need be. Uh, and I think it's a great example of, you know, that, that's kind of what that's rede- you're redeeming your object back. you're redeeming what it's kind of yours, but you lost it. Right. Uh, and you're going back to get it. Um, now, of course there is interest. You'll have to pay back a higher price. Right. Uh, but I think it's a good example. I think the, the, extra power that is involved within our redemption from sin is that we didn't pay that price. You know, it was our price to pay, but we couldn't afford to pay it. Mm -hmm. And so God had to pay it on our behalf. Uh, An example in my life that looks, that points to that. um, I guess you all know that I, I wrecked quite a few times in my life. You've gotten, wait, like car wrecks? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell me more. (laughs) I've been in quite a few. Uh, I just did one this past Sunday. And um, it's a pretty bad one. <clears throat> but my first one. If you, I know y'all, you are dying. If you're listening, you're probably dying to know Garrett. Um, and it was tragic, but Garrett flipped his truck. Yeah. Uh, he got hit, right? Yeah, I got T-boned. Someone ran a stop sign and hit me, and I, I flipped it, rolled about 150 feet. Um, oh, my God. Crazy. It was crazy. It was kind of cool. To, not cool, but, like, I can remember just the world spinning over and over and over again. It was like a, like a movie. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and anyway, my first wreck um, wasn't as impressive. I, <laughs> I saw a, a girl down the street, and I tried to wave at her, and then there was this uh, giant roadblock that Classic. was kind of on the road. <laughs> I hit the roadblock. Classic, <laughs> Because Garrett. I wasn't paying attention, and I didn't see it there, and I just ran right into it instead of avoiding it. Classic, uh, Garrett. How did I not know yeah, actually, I don't think I knew that. I think like you maybe have told me, but I don't remember no, that. That's kind of embarrassing. My other record are a little bit uh, crazier. That was just, that's an embarrassing one. But uh, so I, that was my first wreck. And the thing is, I had my license for a week and I Plus had it. my car for two weeks. Um, so, like, it was, br- it was a brand new car. My brother and I shared it and we didn't pay for it. It wasn't, we didn't pay for the insurance on mm-hmm. it. Um, it, it was it was our car to drive but it wasn't our car to own and I wrecked it because of my own stupidity and I remember just feeling so guilty and so just like the world was going to end my brother hated me I was never going to be able to you know drive again I said I'm never get behind the steering wheel again which I guess if I hadn't got behind the steering wheel you know that would have saved me a bunch more <laughs> that's true this is true <laughs> pun intended um but I remember after it happened I was in my room and I didn't want to, I was so upset I didn't want to come out of my room and my dad came home and um, 
I had no idea how I was going to pay for this, for fixing it, because it was going to be like $13,000 to fix this car. I'm going to have to work the rest of my life to pay this off. And, and I was, dad came in, I was upset. And um, I just remember him, him sitting down with me saying, you know, I, you messed up, you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it'll be okay. I'll take care of it. I'll make sure that it's fixed. I'll pay the price. And that, um, that is what it, in that feeling afterwards, there's like this feeling of relief knowing that I messed up. And there's also kind of a feeling of guilt that I messed up and he was going to pay the price. But there's also this feeling of genuine realization of love that I realized the love my father had for me because he was willing to pay the price for a mistake that I had made, you know, and buy back that which was already his. He was the one that was paying the insurance on it. He was the one that was paying all the, the fees on it, but he was going to pay back to get pay to get back that which was already his, even though I was the one that made the mistake. And that's, that's a picture of redemption through God. You know, God didn't make the mistake. God didn't separate himself from us. God didn't continually worship idols. We did that. We separated ourselves from God. We continually have been a fallen people. We continually worship our own desires and fall into our own sin. And yet God pays the price to buy us back. Even though he was the one that created us in the first place, he paid the price for us to have the ability to come back to him. And that's, that's a picture of redemption. And the picture of redemption is what makes John 3.16 come alive. God so loves the world, he gave his only son to be the price of our redemption. Hmm. And out of that redemption, we see, well, yeah, man, he must love us because he paid the price that we deserve to pay. Hmm. Good old Barry, I tell you. That's a good picture. Old old Barry. Oh, is your dad's name Barry? Yeah. Yeah, he's um, this big burly guy, super hairy, so everyone always called him Grizz. Yeah, I didn't expect anything else. He's the goat. Um, hey, did 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 the um did the girl wave back? (laughs) I love you for. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) No. and like helped me out <laughs> that's so embarrassing did they know you waved i honked at them and i think i got wow. their attention and then they saw me the yeah perfect perfect garrett move there <laughs> well, hey, that, that, that was a good story i mean that is what redemption is and you know we see that in hosea like we are the gomer in the story mm. uh, you know i, I think if, if you ever read hosea and think you're not gomer and you think oh that girl's messed up she a hoe uh, guess what? We're messed up and we were promiscuous and we were, I mean, it's the truth. It was, uh, we were the ones who, um, fell away from God, but Jesus redeemed us. Like men boys. <laughs> I, mean, I guess <laughs> that's Christians back to back. That happened moment on the podcast, uh, two in one day. You're being honest. Well, hey, I mean, you're not wrong. You're using the hip turn for woman of promiscuity. Yeah, we just want to make yeah, sure the young people exactly. know what we're talking about. <laughs> I wanted the young people to know what yeah. a, a prostitute was. So that's what it's y'all. Like the, that's uh, what y'all do up at the Baptist like, church. Have you all <laughs> seen the, uh, that's the word y'all use. <laughs> have you seen the picture of the 
picture of that that dude uh, wearing the gold chain and the hat to the sideways sideways. What's up, like dudes? This old guy. He's like, what's up, youngins? Yeah. What, what is up, young, young yeah, What is up, young folks? Oh man. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I mean, yeah, you got a great point, Christian. We are, you know, the promiscuous woman in the in the relationship with with God that we we are the ones that that continue to fall away, and He continuously uh in my mind and how i and you know understand it as shouting at us that the price has already been paid uh as hosea said to gomer be reunited with me and stop being promiscuous stop worshiping other idols stop leaving remain in me and i'll remain with you um and i think you know we just see scripturally how how sound that is and how true that is that uh you know preach on sunday that that christ offers us uh that living water um, he offers us his spirit that will well up to eternal life. Um, and I just think it's uh, super important that we understand, like Christian said, we, in order to allow our problem to be fixed by Christ, we have to understand that we have a problem and that we are the problem uh, in the relationship that, that God is not. He is there and he is the constant and we are um, the, the problem, like uh, Gomer, in the relationship of Jose and Gomer. We are. I mean, that's what we need to put ourselves in that position. Like we don't realize how bad we are. Like when we when we re, when we read the story of Hosea, like everything I just said about Gomer, like that's us, and we think, oh, she's so bad. Like I would never do that, but but in reality, we have done that, and we you continue know? to. Yeah. We have completely left God. We have completely went back to the same sins over and over again. We have completely, uh, and, and maybe some of us have given in to, to sexual sins like Gomer has. Like you know, we've we've been a part of that. I know I ha- I have been Gomer before. And that makes me so much more thankful for the price that Jesus paid mm. and so much more thankful for his redemption. I think we have to realize that's us. Yeah. Um, and that makes how important redemption is in our lives. Yeah. As we kind of wrap up today, I think uh, for all of us at home, Christian, non-Christian, well, not Christian Naylor, but like <laughs> follower of Jesus or non-follower of Jesus, um, would be remiss to, again, remind you of the price that Jesus paid to redeem us, um, his, his people already. And yet he paid the price of, of death on the cross of which we owed. We owed that, that price for the penalty that, that we committed and penalties we committed. We owed um, that price and we could not pay it. Like Garrett said, we, we could not, we could not figure out a way around it. God knew that. So God sent the ultimate payment, the ultimate sacrifice of his son, uh, so that our sins would be forgiven. We would not have to pay that price anymore and yet still receive the gift because of the price Jesus paid. Uh, and so as we reflect on that and think about that, it calls us to an action. And, and I hope that you want to accept that truth uh, of his death on the cross and then our call to actions to go and share that, share that truth of redemption to other people uh, through our story, like Garrett was sharing or uh, through, through the, and through the story of Christ, um, which we are looking at here in, in Scripture today through Hosea and Gomer, and then uh, flashing forward to the New Testament and Jesus. So um, we hope you all enjoyed today's conversation uh, for the day. and, and the words used therein, the podcast, and uh, Christian and uh, Garrett's terms, including Arist. Um, so yeah, go for it. Interesting home moment. So I was thinking, you know, we're talking about the price that was paid for our redemption and how expensive that is, and terms that we could never pay it. And I thought, you know, what are some of the most expensive things ever bought? And so I googled that real quick. There is a yacht 
called the History Supreme that is made from gold and platinum. Guess how much? Does it, it float? It, I guess so. There's a picture of it on guess the water. It's not enough. Yeah, well, I don't know. Can you guess how much you think they paid? Uh, 200 million. 2.5 billion. I, I went real high just because to ruin your phone. What do you, what do you think? 200 million i'll say i'll say 400 million in all seriousness 4.5 billion oh my gosh i thought i was 2.5 was not can you imagine so one time 4.5 billion for yeah. a yacht? can you imagine selling that yacht like that's all you gotta do your whole life is sell one yacht and <laughs> you sell. oh yeah seriously yeah just on the commission of that sale holy cow you'd be retired 4.5 billion my and brother said a picture of it it's not even that big i mean it's big it's a yacht but it's it's just gold. And yeah, my brother said one time, at, I don't remember he said at college or high school, but they tried to spend the national debt, which at the time was, I don't know if it was in the trillions, but I think it's hundreds of billions. Mm -hmm. And he was like, so at first, like you're buying like Lamborghinis. Yeah. And that the, the, the thing was you can't buy more than one or more than like two or three of, so you can't just buy a thousand cars. Like you yeah. had to, you had to branch out and buy. And he said all of a sudden you quickly are realizing like you're buying sports teams and then like you're buying like, islands and you just he's like you just like can't spend it like he you he's like you can't figure out how, yeah he's like you can't figure out i mean i guess you could if you really labored and spent days and weeks on it but he's like you we just like couldn't figure out a way to spend it all like it was like impossible we should, to we should make a video and try to spend we'll all take turns like buying like we'll split the sum of the debt yeah we should make a video of what and, we would and it was like it was like in categories. So like you could buy like four cars, 10 houses, but you couldn't buy any more than that. So he's like, you're buying the most expensive houses in the world. And you're like at 1% of what you're trying to spend. And you're just like trying to come up. Like I bought the Lakers and then like, I couldn't buy any more NBA teams because that, you know, I, you know, so it's just, it was pretty crazy to just how much, you know, like you yeah. said, price of two, 4.5 billion, man. Two, I thought 2.5 was like, I was going to ruin your fund because it was going to be like, yeah. oh, it's only 600 million, but. Wow, it's insane. You guys want to pull together and see if we can get it? Or hey, I'm down. <laughs> Any listeners? We probably need a lot of listeners. That's it. I'm about to get that stimulus check. So hey, we got ours, so we're ready, ready to stimulate whoever sells that for 4.5 billion. I don't think they need. Uh, yeah, I think they're good. But cool. Well, uh, glad you're here with well, us today. The price that that was paid for that expensive yacht. Pales in comparison to the price True. that was paid for our redemption. Well done, Garrett. Well said. Yeah. There's the uh, hook line. There's the real hum moment of the day. 4.5 is nothing compared to the price Jesus paid. I am yes, I am thankful for the price Jesus paid. And can I can I finish off today with a verse, Micah? I mean, I guess you're going to anyway, even if I say no. That's true. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to read, and this is very familiar passage. Good. <laughs> Ephesians chapter two, uh, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. And it says, in him, we have redemption through his blood. And just kind of, uh, just a thought, like the price that Christ paid um, was his own blood. It was his sacrifice on the cross. And just think about, you know, one, we could see how much Jose had to uh, love God and and love Gomer to go after her, um, but also think about you know how much Jesus loved us that He paid for our redemption with His own blood. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. Here, you want to close that in prayer? Yep. Do it to it. Father God, thank you for this time that we've spent just discussing the nature of your redemption for us. We can't understand why or 
the love that you have that would go to the lengths you went in order to redeem. But we see that you did. We know through the example of Christ. We know through the writings in the New Testament. We know through the example of Hosea and Gomer and Gold. But how greatly you desire to buy us back. We who you created, we who separated ourselves from you, we didn't deserve for you to buy us back. We deserve to pay the price for our sins. We deserve to pay the, our own price for our redemption, a price that we couldn't have ever reached, and yet you did it for us. God, help us to live in light of that redemption, to remember that type of love, and to let that empower us as we go about in our daily lives. God, don't let us ever lose sight of what you've done for us as we go out and try to bring the world, bring you to the world. Thank you, Lord, for your love. In your son's name, we pray. Thank you.